Hi, everybody. Uh, Mamsie, thanks for um, filling in today for Basil. Just a quick overview of the issues affecting both the Asia-Pacific and EMEA region. I'll be covering off on um, East Asia-Pacific. Today we had one assessed event and 40 other developments, so I'll just cover off some of those as well as give a bit of detail on Myanmar. Uh, firstly, there were protests again in Bangkok yesterday. The reality is the media are both international, the international media in particular, are blowing these way out of proportion. And actually, for the demonstrating groups, they are having a massive amount of troubles getting any real uh, momentum. Though were allegedly um, protests yesterday in the Ratchaprasong intersection, but they really are not creating any dramas. I drove through that um, area yesterday myself, and really there was no effect on the traffic, which is notoriously bad in Bangkok. Now, obviously, the situation there is that the government's actually got an emergency decree because of COVID-19 in place, but the reality is, I think, even without that, there seems to be a lack of demonstrations. That doesn't necessarily mean people don't want to see change or return to, to democracy. What it actually means is over the last... 25 years, there's been a cycle of demonstrations and there's just a lot of fatigue that people are badly affected by the impact it has on the economy, throwing COVID on that. And people are just, um, I guess, very reticent to get involved in anything that's going to affect the economy and, and friends and the family. Once that emergency decree um, is lifted um, at the end of COVID, we'll be able to see much clearer which way the uh, trend line's heading. Um, I'm going to skip most issues today because a lot of it's about COVID. But in Indonesia, interestingly, the um, hackers targeted a number of websites and data belonging to the ministry and state institutions in the country, including the Indonesian Navy, also the State Intelligence Agency and the Social Security Agency. Um, a series of targeted hackings was carried out by suspected hackers based in China, known as the Mustang Panda Group. Also in Indonesia, the Greater Jakarta Metropolitan Police scheduled to examine and question two high-ranking officials of Pamuda Panchasila um, today. Now, interestingly, Pamuda Panchasila is seen as a very large politically connected youth group, but it's also got some very, very uh, rash uh, behaviours. I'll move on to the Philippines. Members of the Philippines Army clash with suspected members of the New People's Army in Mabini Town in Davao on the 10th of December. And in Vietnam, interestingly, regular international commercial flights to a number of countries in Asia and the US will resume on New Year's Day, and they will include routes to Guangzhou, Tokyo, Seoul, Taipei, Bangkok, Singapore, Vientiane, Phnom Penh, and um, France and, and San Francisco. In PNG, the government of Papua New Guinea and Bougainville have confirmed that their independence will be achieved for Bougainville sometime officially between 2025 and 2027. And while we're in the Pacific Islands, the Solomon Islands, the curfew imposed in Honiara after recent unrest was lifted a couple of days ago on the December the 10th. And that means movements after 7 p.m. will no longer uh, be restricted. Now, skipping back to Southeast Asia, to Myanmar, 
Um, just want to overview the severity of what is occurring in Myanmar. Um, in all, um, total civilian deaths now since the, um, the junta took over is 1,683. Estimated security force deaths is 4,624. And bubbling along with that and adding mayhem to an already chaotic position is 19,183 deaths due to COVID-19. Of interest, there's, you know, in excess of 130,000 people have been displaced in Myanmar because of this recent um, situation. Um, just overviewing some of those incidents, at least 42 military uh, or Tatmadaw soldiers were killed in clashes with resistance groups across the country between December 11 and, and yesterday, so a couple of day period. At least 35 Tatmadaw soldiers were killed in multiple explosion attacks between December 11 and yesterday. Several resistance groups and coalitions of People's Defence Force staged the attacks. And Tatmadaw, at least four Tatmadaw soldiers were killed in a clash with the coalition of the Kareni Army and the Kareni National Defence Force. Um, if we look then um, at other developments in Yangon, or specifically in Yangon, several explosions were recorded over the last couple of days since the 9th of December. A soldier was killed in an explosive attack at a checkpoint near a KBZ, which is the biggest um, local bank in Myanmar. And an explosive device was also detonated inside an empty Yangon bus service uh, vehicle. Also, a civilian was injured from two blasts near a police checkpoint at a bus terminal or near a bus terminal. In other parts of the country, a Mitel communications tower in Sagang region was damaged in a bomb attack. A civilian was killed and two others were injured in a clash between the Tatmadaw and the Myanmar National Democratic Alliance Army. Another incident, a forest department staff member was killed in a blast at a department office. Now, these are just some of the incidents and other incidents. Three civilians were injured when gunmen attacked a guest house. Um, a hacker group calling itself Anonymous and Legends published online a list of 240 um, Air Force officers who allegedly facilitated the recent airstrikes across the country. The hacker group interestingly announcing the leak called itself Operation Spitfire. And finally, and I'm skipping, you know, what is a very detailed um, daily incident report at the moment, on an economic side, the US, the UK and Canada um, on December 7th, I beg your pardon, December 10th announced new sanctions on personnel and entities affiliated with the Tatma door. Um, the sanctions were imposed on the Quartermaster General's Office, the Directorate for Defence Industries, the Directorate for Defence Procurement, the Myanmar War Veterans Organisations um, and other administrators. So Myanmar is um, rapidly heading towards being a failed state and uh, peaceful or a or a less destructive outcome remains unlikely. So any points to add, Bhargav? None from me, Paul. We'll hand it over to there to cover South Asia. Okay, thanks. Thanks, Paul and Pargov. So in South Asia today, we had one assess event and we covered 19 other developments. Our assess event was the protests in Islamabad and Lahore yesterday in Pakistan. Now, the Jamaat-e Islami uh, held a protest in Lahore against uh, the government over various issues, including air pollution, drinking water, and the infrastructure. They also held a protest in Islamabad uh, 
to show solidarity with protesters in Balochistan. Now, this is interesting because uh, in Balochistan over the last few weeks, there's been growing opposition to the um, Chinese-Pakistan economic corridor, especially in Gwadar, uh, where the key port of the CPEC project is. Locals are saying that they're not getting any benefits from the economic corridor. So this is something we've been tracking and monitoring for a while now, and it's quite interesting. Anyway, moving over to India, um, thousands of members of labor unions blocked railway tracks in Punjab yesterday. This affected um, travel and um, trains were affected, 14 were delayed and five were rescheduled. Uh, they also had a variety of demands, including uh, housing, reinstallation of electricity meters, and um, the punishment of case-related crimes, which is a, quite a major issue in India. If we go over to Bangladesh, uh, authorities arrested three members of the Jamaatul Mujahideen Bangladesh in uh, Nilfamari district. Uh, they got some mobile phone sets from their possession. And um, lastly, just something for Afghanistan. The US has allowed personal remittances to Afghanistan. So uh, senders and financial institutions processing them will not be subject to penalties due to the US sanctions on the Taliban. And um, Meanwhile, the U.S. commander of the U.S. Central Command also said that Al-Qaeda and the Islamic State Khorasan have been expanding their presence in Afghanistan. So essentially, U.S. intelligence is telling us nothing new. But um, I think that's it from me. Unless, Bhargav, you have any comments on any of these developments? Yes, a couple of co comments there, mainly on uh, Afghanistan and the Pakistan border. Uh, firstly, Afghanistan, it is quite interesting that U.S. has a goal to make that statement after they their rushed withdrawal from the country, especially in the context of ISK and Al-Qaeda, when the they were still in power when they were still in control in Afghanistan. There were multiple uh, levels of pressure built on insurgent forces, including Taliban as well as ISK. ISK being a non-state actor, whereas Taliban is an ethno-nationalistic actor, they have different agendas and they diverge. And that's exactly what makes them lethal because they are driven by ideology. And once they have withdrawn from the country, the pressure on uh, the ISK is halved because uh, Taliban doesn't have the experience in dealing with insurgents because they themselves are insurgents and their counter-terrorism or counter-insurgency mechanism is dated and now that the ISK does not, it doesn't really need to deal with the US at all so half of the pressure is gone and when the Taliban came into power they released many imprisoned members of ISK as well as Al-Qaeda so they, they have actually brought brought on the trouble for themselves. Now, Taliban wanted the US out. Now they'll have to deal with the bigger threat that is the ISK because ISK is unscrupulous. Yes, the previous government was corrupt. The US was imperialistic. So they'll have to choose. Will they be dealing with the wild hyenas that the ISK is? Or would they prefer dealing with an imperialistic power that is the US and their stooges in the form of the Ashraf Ghani government? I guess, uh, I guess that's where the, the difficult question is while moving over to Pakistan 
the growing Islamization is troubling, especially of recent TLP, Tariq Labai, Pakistan is being projected as a kingmakers, potential kingmakers in the upcoming elections or the next elections, whenever they are, uh, probably in the next two years. And that is quite troubling. If they end up uh, gaining support from disenfranchised uh, supporters of uh, Tariq Taliban or the uh, Tariq Insaf party, the Imran Khan's party, then they'll end up in a very powerful uh, position. And for businesses, especially the Western businesses, we'll have to look out for it, primarily because whenever a Western leader issues a controversial statement like Macron did uh, very recently, earlier this year, uh, they, they will be in the crosshairs of these Islamists. And now China is very much happy to capitalize on such a movement. Uh, any comments on that, Uday? I more or less agree with you. I just uh, say that there's already political parties and interests in Pakistan who are trying to cozy up with the Islamists because they know of the influence that they'll wield in the next elections with TLP especially. So Saad Rizvi is he's living very comfortable at the moment and uh, you know he's going to have a major influence in the elections coming up. Yes, very much. So with that I'll pass it on to Mansi to cover uh, Middle East and Africa. Thank you. Sure, thanks a lot, Parker. So today we have uh, one major development and 46 other developments in all of Europe, Middle East and Africa. But I'll begin with Middle East. And uh, there have been quite a few developments in both Middle East and Africa region over the weekend. But most notably, tensions seem to have escalated in Lebanon, where at least four people were killed and seven others were injured in a shooting incident at a Palestinian refugee camp in the southern city of Tyre, which is called Sur in, uh, in the local language. So the Lebanese army has arrested one suspect involved in the shooting. The shooting uh, was allegedly uh, uh, perpetrated or rather carried out by the Fatah group, which is the Palestinian, uh, Palestinian political organization based in the West Bank. In a related development, nearly a dozen people were injured in an explosion at the same refugee camp on December 10. Uh, so uh, this was for Lebanon and in moving on to Turkey, at least 5,000 people demonstrated in the Asian part of Istanbul city yesterday in protest over the currency collapse and poor living conditions. So the demonstrators uh, called for an increase in minimum wage to a USD, uh, 373. Similar protests were also held in the capital, Ankara, where 29 protesters were arrested by the security forces. And in Iraq, at least four people were injured during clashes between the Iraqi security forces and protesters in Shingal. This is located in the Sinjar district of the Nineveh province. Uh, it is notable to mention, uh, it is uh, it's notable to mention that this district is predominantly uh, uh, dominated by the uh, minority Yazidi people. And so one member of the Iraqi army was also injured in this incident. In Yemen, the civil war has taken a very critical turn where uh, the Saudi-led Arab coalition has uh, intensified their offensive, aerial offensive in the strategic oil-rich Marib province. So at least 200 Houthi rebels were killed yesterday in a series of airstrikes. 
uh, in Marib. And moving on to Africa, uh, anti-coup protests have been called in the capital uh, Khartoum in Sudan today. So the US embassy has urged its citizens to not travel uh, out after 1 p.m. local time. And it has also advised its citizens to avoid all non-essential travels in the city uh, ahead of the anticipated protests. Uh, security has been heightened in, the, uh, in and around the airport area. And similar protests were held in Sudan uh, yesterday where a protester was shot dead. Security forces also fired uh, tear gas. So the protests were held in the cities uh, Al-Shajara, Hamadan, and Bari neighborhoods. Uh, that's about it uh, from the Middle East and Africa. Pargav, if you could cover on Europe, that would be yeah. Thank you, Mansi. In Europe, there were 10 uh, other developments. None of the uh, developments were assessed today. Uh, there were four uh, protests, COVID-19 related protests in France, Germany and Spain. In Germany specifically, at least 14 people, police officers in fact, were injured uh, when there were protests in uh, Garcia town. And more importantly, moving over to Bosnia, the Bosnian Serb entity within the country has decided to withdraw from the central institutions, including the, the Bosnian army. Now, how this will reflect on the overall Balkan cohesion, social and political is is something we need to uh, have a look closely in the upcoming days, especially when uh, Serbia is on a buying spree for weapons, mainly from Russia. So Mansi, probably we can look closely into this and look for an assessment in the upcoming weeks. In Russia, uh, at least eight people were injured in, in a suspected bombing incident near a nunnery. Uh, this happened in Moscow Oblast earlier today. Details are yet to come through. It's a developing incident and more investigation is underway. Paul, with that, it's a wrap for uh, Europe. Any final words? Yes, just I want to make a correction. I've just received a presentation for a briefing we're conducting on Myanmar today and I want to correct. I had an old figure on my head. Internally displaced people in Myanmar since February when the Quinta took over from the Aung San Suu Kyi government. Internally displaced peoples now at least 284,700. Um, I think that'll do it for today. It's been a, a pretty detailed day. Uh, reach out to us at APAC Assistance if you want to look to gain a membership from our services. As you can see, we've only touched very lightly on today's production. We're a specialist risk advisory group that provides intimate advice to assist risk management decisions to be made with greater depth and more promptly for the safety of organisations and their people. Thank you very much. Thanks, Bhargav. Thanks, and thanks, Uday. And Uday, I'll see you on the Myanmar briefing a bit later. Sure, Paul.